bootlegging. Bootlegging ain't no good no more. Well, come follow me, yeah, yeah. Into the eyes of the sun. Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern storm of bold, liberating rock shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's what's up today? Oh, what not, not a whole lot, man. Um I know we like to talk about the weather, and it snowed yesterday and today. Oh, there too, huh? Yeah. And then it's going to be 80 degrees on Saturday and Sunday, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's just, yeah. What are you, what are you going to say? Like, weather's like, no, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> I need to mow the grass, but there's snow on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had, like, some fool's gold days in March, and then it was like, April's like, come here. <laughs> <laughs> well... On show news, I know we always talk about stuff we're going to see and going to do. Friday night, I'm going to go see our friend Lilani Kilgore at Taffy's in Eaton, Ohio, a place that I've actually played a show at with my band. So I forewarned warned her what to expect, but she needs a friendly face. It's about an hour and a half away. I'm going to go and check her out. She's doing her original material on Friday. On Sunday, here in Columbus, Ohio, at the Bluestone, I'm going to see Joyous Wolf, our friend Nick, who we've oh, had really? on, with Joyous Wolf and Dorothy playing. Cool. That should be a really, really good show. Yeah, I, I checked out the one Dorothy song, and it sounded like a southerny blues rock kind of song. i to check out more of her stuff. Yeah, she has a new album getting ready to come out. Uh, it's a little bit more mainstream rock, I'd say, than her last album or some of the stuff you've heard on it. Um, but, uh, it's good. Like she's a good artist, good performer. We know Nick, I can't wait to see Nick live. He's so energetic, like doing his flips and running around and being a madman. Uh, it's going to be cool. Yeah, man. I dig those guys. And then my band just booked a show on Saturday, May 21st at the yellow cab, Brian, remember the yellow cab just came up with Colby. Um, Tom and my band said, Hey, are you guys available for the 21st yellow cab wants us? So that's kind of weird. Is there anybody else playing or you guys, is that just you guys or? It won't be us. I'm sure there'll be one or other two bands on the bill. So that just means we got a month. The band's got to really practice a lot to make sure we're ready for that. Cause we've only been working on new material to record. So we have to go back and, you know, knock the rust off a couple songs so we can play live. So do you guys like know other bands that kind of doing what you do? Like it's not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have super serious thing, but fun to like similar bands that you play with here and there absolutely absolutely yeah like you know we played with cricket bows before you know chad we knew him and there's yeah there's other bands that are friends of ours that they'll ask us to play a show with if we book a show we'll ask them to play or i'm not even sure how we got the yellow cab they might have just reached out directly to us but yeah so i'm excited by that we're doing dayton porch fest in august 20th but we're going to do an acoustic 
setting on that since it is at somebody's house we're not going to do the whole super loud band thing so we have two shows post-covid yeehaw how show what's this is like a a party yeah well so they do this thing it's called porch fest oh yeah 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 you did it before okay yep they take two streets in dayton the st anne's district and different homes or house different types of music and we're we're one of the rock bands and there's folk acts and stuff yeah it is really cool so that's good it is unique and now i found out blackberry smoke is coming 9 11 to the outdoor amphitheater type of thing the smaller one uh with i got some what was this guy's name i can't remember but they're going to play in um september but they have not rescheduled their show that got canceled last week yet. Is that like the Jamie Johnson tour? Jamie they're Johnson. Playing, yeah, yes, they're playing the in guy. Mankato August 13th. Mankato, home of Winter Park. Practice there you go. Facility of the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I'm excited by that. And then Bourbon House, I'm sorry. Bourbon House, May 22nd on a Sunday. They're actually playing the night after my band plays at the Rumba Cafe in downtown Columbus, Ohio. I'm getting friends together. I've, I've spoken with Jason and Lacey. We're going to get some people out there to see them. Right on. Speaking of friends, you know, like uh, we, we we had like, you know, Jane Lee Hooker wasn't able to like uh, – do the episode release thing and they're super 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 busy and which is good i'm glad to hear yeah, oh for sure yeah i'm i gotta yeah that's amazing that the, they and the steepwater band are coming out with new records on the same day yep yeah you know and friends of ours joe and tracy and all you know like good people man they were on our uh, tribute um episode um to charlie watts yeah and Word on the street is that they're trying to like get a couple of shows together. Which would be word on the street is they're down. trying to get some midwestern shows together. Maybe Chicago, maybe Cincinnati. I know we, you and I have chatted with Tracy. She's confirmed they're coming to Cincinnati this summer uh, in August, and I I'm going to go see them. Yeah, and then um, hit up a couple other people that were busy. So, what do you do when you need someone as a guest? Do you uh, talk to your friends? Go, dude, what are you doing? You want to hang out and shoot the shit with us? And, you know, and it's funny because this guy and this band have a lot going on right now. As we kind of chatted with them, we found out the really a pretty busy summer shows, recordings, albums, you name it, festivals, they're on it. And we had back on our friend from Brian, like one of your top bands, uh, Mojo Thunder. We had Bryson Willoughby back on. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you to Bryson for stepping in and taking that spot. Always a great time chatting with him. And what can I say? He's got a, he's a good dude. He's fun to talk to. He has his head on straight. It's just, it's nice to have a conversation. So we don't need to say any more. So uh, kick back and listen to us. Uh, have a nice little conversation with our brother, Bryson Willoughby from Mojo Thunder.
We're here at the guest segment of the podcast, and I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys who we have with us. One of our regulars, Jason, who do we have? I think it's pretty much a regular. Like, if this podcast were Cheers, this guy <laughs> shows up, everybody would screen his name, and we're happy to have back, I think, for the third time in some way or shape or form, right? Yeah? Yeah. Bryson Willoughby from the great Kentucky awesome. band. Awesome. Incredible. One of our favorites, Mojo Thunder. How you doing, Bryson? I'm doing doing very, very well. And uh, uh, it's kind of right back at you guys on the best podcast as well. Thank, uh, thank you. you. All. Yes, thank you. Uh, we, yeah. we agree with it. Our, our, our wives think it's the best podcast. <laughs> My dogs. Thunder's great, you know? That's kind of... That is kind of how it is. But is what is this your third time? Is this the hat trick for you? Yeah, it is. That's right. Because we had the band on and then the Kentucky Christmas special or the Christmas special. And now you're back on solo this time. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Good to be here, man. So what is going on, man? What's the latest? Mojo Thunderland. A lot going on, man. So um, I guess I'll do this in this order. So first, we have those YouTube covers that are coming out. Um, those have been a blast. That's kind of like a you know going back and recording all those old songs that we all dig. And uh, we wanted to do something to kind of like promote the our YouTube channel. You know, just kind of like get that surfing a little more because it seems like uh, you know doing things independent. Uh, YouTube's like a pretty good way to reach people and seems like if you can kind of like get that ball rolling like you know it's a little a little better to monetize um so well, how, you know, how did that come about though that idea like who came up with that concept um i came up with it I, like you know because we've always like in our live shows kind of like done sort of random covers mm-hmm. and uh you know it's like uh you know on those like long car rides like when we're going to shows everyone's like oh we should cover this we should cover this we should cover that and i was like why don't we just record these and start, uh, you know, releasing them? Cause like I have a, uh, I have a buddy who has like a, a little recording studio and I'm down there hanging out with him from time to time anyway. So I was like, we could do that. And then, uh, uh, one of our other friends who like works with us pretty frequently, uh, he's Jacob Cheney with Meta Modern Media. Uh, he does basically all of our video stuff. So I just got with both of those guys, asked them, you know, we kind of like got the budget together, like how much would this cost us? And then took it back to the guys. They okayed it. And miraculously, somehow I got to pick the first six songs um, I, with like little to no fight about it. And I was like, really? yeah, which is it was a rarity, you know, with almost anything we do, like down to sharp color. It's like, here comes another 30 minute argument, you know, but it shouldn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> but uh yeah, man, uh, that's how it all came about. And then, you know, we went in and uh, laid them down. And then, you know, we figured we'd do 12 this year, uh, you know, so one a month, kind of see how it goes and see if, uh, you know, the cost is, you know, going to be worth it to keep it going. But uh, we went in, recorded the first six, so that way we'd have uh, six months to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. And then from there, you know, the hope was, you know, to start taking requests and, you know, sort of see, like, what we could do in our own way or do like a decent version of for the back six. So we haven't recorded those yet, but I think that's happening probably sometime in July. Cause that's when we get off of the road a little bit more, so to speak. All 12 songs have been chosen. You've recorded the first six. 
we've recorded the first six and then the last six we still have to kind of fight out like we went through okay. and like we kind of did like a voting system for the last six mm-hmm. to do but uh i think i'd rather let a little more time build so that way we can you know start getting in you know more requests and stuff so that way it's like not just us picking the songs but it's actually you know like the oh, nice pages doing it so that way they can come in and do it so, so how, how do we vote where do we go can we still vote Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you can vote by telling me right now what you would like. <laughs> so, are you open for any suggestion, or do you have like yeah. songs like already chosen? All right. Well, no, I'm open for anything. Brian, I'll let you yeah, go yeah. first because Mojo Thunder is your band. Well, I mean, I think like I I uh, mentioned some of the Stone songs up Baker's Banquet, and then you kind of said that you, you already had some Stone stuff, so. I don't know, like beyond that, I don't know how much I've thought about it after that. I just, for some reason, I thought like those, you know, you know, Stray Cat Blues and Jigsaw Puzzle, they just kind of sounded like songs that, that you guys, it sounds like your band, kind of, you know. I'll take that. <laughs> kind of sounds like, you know, those songs don't sound like typical Stone songs. They're a little yeah. bit different for them. And, and you guys are a little bit like you can't always categorize what your genre is. I mean, you're, you know, rock Southern and all that, but I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it's not straight up, you know, regular, normal Southern rock, you know, or straight up normal rock and roll. It's a little bit, it's got some atmospheric stuff and alternative kind of sounds in it. So that's why those songs like, like uh, just kind of, I thought of those. So, but if you already got some stones, I'll have to try to think about something else. <laughs> All right. I hope you like what we got coming down. Yeah. And if not, I'll throw those others over the gas. <laughs> I've got some ideas. I'm going to throw them at you. All right. Gonna one's going to be good. way out. One's going to be way out in left field. Hint, sure. hint. First one, though, I think Gypsy Road by Cinderella would be pretty badass. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Are you familiar with that song? Or is that a little bit too too early for you? Uh, no, I think what I know, I'm not, I'm not a, a huge, huge uh, Cinderella guy, like I, I kind of like scratch the surface of that, and then uh, some of the Tom Kiefer solo stuff. But yeah. uh, I think like one of the like the like probably the second or third like stack of vinyls I ever got, like back like before they became popular again, when you could still get them at like yard sales for like fifty cent. Yeah. Uh, I got Long Cold Winter in one of those batches. Great album. I loved that. Yeah, I thought for. Have you heard Heartbreak Station, their third one, which sounds yeah. like a Stones album? Mm-hmm. yeah all right it does. yeah i was kind of i was really kind of surprised by that too because you know a lot of stuff like you know there's like great bands like great music in the 80s but a lot of it kind of just got lost in production you know like yeah. they had all those new toys and kind of overdone them a little mm-hmm. bit okay so a cinderella song gypsy road whatever or why i said left field i'm gonna throw an 80s pop rock classic i think you guys could really do a kick-ass job Let's of so we want to throw out the gym um your love by the outfield. Love that song. Yep. You know, uh, funny enough. So me and Sean, like, uh, we pick up like acoustic gigs uh, from mm-hmm. time to time, and uh, we had a lady come and request that song, and Sean was like, "I don't know if I can sing that." And I was like, "Let's let's just try it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out." And I thought he'd done a great job on it. You know, especially for us just kind of guessing through chords and seeing what we could do. I mean, you could change the key. I think it's an E, like. E- so like he changed the key if you had to but i think you guys could do a really good job and those just came off the top of my head because i had no idea you guys were freaking doing this so there you go are you uh do you uh, get into grateful dead at all i love 
that, yeah, I'm like specifically, well, not specifically, but like, that, you know, like that, like Europe 72 era. I was just going to say that, yeah. I love that. That's yeah. like my favorite time period of the Grateful Dead. Like, I, I like the kind of the late 70s stuff, but like, as far as like live albums and stuff, I always go back to those. Yeah. So those are the best. Brown eyed women, that might be one mm-hmm. good one for you. <laughs> yeah. Not not brown eyed girl, brown on one. No, right. <laughs> you could do something from Van Morrison though, like uh, hell. I don't know. He's got a bunch of stuff. I really um, like. Uh, I've been trying to talk Sean into. I don't. I mean, I don't think we do it for the YouTube thing, but like, uh, I've been trying to get him to do Into the Mystic. I've always yeah, Into the Mystic. Song. That's a great song by Van Morrison. I think I've heard Government Mule cover that and do a really good job on that. That would be cool. Yeah. That's got a that's got a nice groove to it. Yeah, I, I really, really like that one. So I'm going to have to think more. So are you allowed to say the first six songs? I know some of them are out, aren't they? Uh, yes. Um, so I'll just go ahead and tell you the one that we got coming down the pipe. So we released Get Back by the Beatles. That was the first one. And then the second one that we put out was I'm, – I'm trying to go with the ones we released versus the ones that haven't. But uh, – I know we put out Ray Charles. I got a woman. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That I got to get on your YouTube page, man. I, I, I'm i subscribed. <laughs> I have not been in a while. Yeah, yeah, get in there. And then the other one was, uh, which I can't believe this one didn't come to me immediately, but it was a uh, long tall Sally by little Richard. There you go. Second one. One of these 12, you just got to like really go out in the left. You like choose something completely out of your, you know, just outside of your comfort zone and fucking do it. Yeah, that's a, we've we've talked about doing that. We're like, we just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know like I think you're. I mean, like, if you do something like your love or something. Hey, it's a you know, an eighties yeah. pop rock song. Something around that might be. You guys could definitely do it, but it just be kind of cool. Yeah, I think so too. Especially like I said, or like you were talking about. You know, you can change those keys and like, yeah, you know, put some slide on it. Like, you know, really do anything you want. A cover song, you should put your own trademark on it you're you know what i mean you don't have to play it straight you guys aren't a cover band right put that mojo thunder stamp right on it that was kind of the cool thing now of course a few of them we done like loosely like pretty similar but like the first one we done get back like um i took i slowed the tempo like down a lot Mm -hmm. i was like let's play get back if the stones would have wrote it and that's kind of like the sort of uh, how we try to arrange it. Slower, get you a little like a swing, like a little country western swing or anything to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a little more like not as a uh, like popping as their yeah. version. And so, and I thought that one turned out really, really well. We've yet to play it live, uh, weirdly enough, but I think we're going to work it in at some point. Well, learning these songs too, you're going to have twelve additional tracks you could play at a live show if you ever want to throw something out. Yeah, that's that's the idea with it. Because like I said, we tried, you know, like um, between the EP, the two singles, the album and the covers we know well enough, we try and differentiate set lists like night to night. So that way, because like we have a lot of, uh, you know, like repeat people come to see us, you know, like mm-hmm. people that like travel within a few hours some of those shows. And it's like I never want anyone to see the same one twice. So it's kind of always like rearrange. And that's where like some of those covers come in, too, because like you know, we can throw in and get back or I got a woman or, you know, just any of these songs. So that way it kind of like just livens up the show a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
you know, and it's just a lot of fun too. When you go see a band, they whip out a cover song. It's, I always love it when I go see, I'm not there to hear them play covers, but when they play one, it's always interesting to me. So we, I was complimenting you on like the switching up of the set list. Have you guys always done that or does that come up like recently or, and if so, like who influences you to do that or who might be some of the bands that influence you to do that? Um, that was, that was an idea that I threw out probably, I think pre pandemic, like right before that started, we were flirting with it because we kind of finally had like enough songs to kind of start switching things in and out. But uh, this comes back from like, you know, you were talking about the Grateful Dead. Um, I've always been really, really into like the way like different jam bands uh, change up their sets. Like there's a Kentucky band, My Morning Jacket. They play. Yeah. Yep. They play like a lot of like different set lists. So they like bring in like rarities from time to time. And then this is the name that'll get me in trouble. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm a big Dave Matthews band fan. They do that as well. Like they're always changing up their set lists. And so that that's where it comes from though. It's Cause like I've probably been to like 150 concerts or something. And the bands I like are the ones that like put in the work, you know, to like, you know, like say like, uh, you know, in the middle of a song, like the solo session is like extended or like, you know, there's like a different groove on this part of the song and there is on the album. Like I'm pretty big on, changing those things from time to time so that way it's not just like you come to see a band and it's like you could have just put in the cd and listen to it mm-hmm. you know like i want the extra part and and then uh, not everybody in the band is like is into like jamming you know as far as like those long like orchestrated things so we've kind of found like a good middle ground to where like we stay pretty like tight on the songs and then we'll kind of like write jam sections so it's like you're still hearing something different, but like, you know, we're not doing like 20 minute versions of anything. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, you got bands like the black crows. We were talking a little bit about um, the grateful yeah. dead, you know, the crows never played the same set list. I don't think government mule or Warren Haynes does that uh, drive by truckers are notorious for not playing the same mm-hmm. set every night. So there's a lot of bands that do that. And that's, you know, if you're able to pull that off, that's very impressive from a talent perspective and like you said you've got people traveling to see you they get to see a different show and you know blackberry smoke they have their staples in the set but like it'll they'll be in different they'll mix up a couple songs i mean except for of course you know eight months left to me is at the end but right besides that they're you know they got their staples but they're in different places and maybe this middle section of the set is three songs different from the night before and you know it's you know yeah, yeah, I think that's the way to do it, and especially, like, and even, like, you know, like, to, like, the Blackberry Smoke thing is, like, it's kind of nice, too, like, when you know, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a closer. Like, you know, you know you're going to get to hear, like, one of these songs at the closing, and, you know, you know, like, normally the opening might be a little bit the same, and then you get the middle that's different, so. All right, I, th- I thought of two songs. I'm sorry, Brian. It just came to no, my head. Yeah. I cut you off. <laughs> All right. It's going to be very Scott Weiland centric, two different bands. So oh. Interstate Love Song by STP, because that's got that. That's a that might be my favorite song in the 90s, to be honest with you. It's got really? it does have Southern rock element right. to it. It's really cool. Or Slither by Velvet Revolver. Man, I love Velvet Revolver. Oh, I, my God. 
when I was like, I think I was 13 or 14 when contraband came out and I had no clue, you know, it was coming like, you know, it was like before phones when everything was just like, yeah, right there constantly. And I remember hearing, uh, what was the, like the slower song off that pieces, I think. Oh, fall to pieces. pieces. Yeah. Great song. Great cool video. I, I was, uh, we were on like a vacation, like going out West. And I remember on the radio, I could hear the guitar on it. And I was like, I know that slash. I do not know what band this is, but I know that is slash. And so, you know, the next place we stopped at, I was in, I was, well, probably Walmart. I was going to say music store, but realistically it's probably Walmart or something. And I like scoured trying to find like, you know, like new releases and all that and found contrabands and was like, you know, there was a song like there was it, and it's like you know, there's Slash and Duff and Matt Sorum and Scott. Like it was. It was a great band. I mean, it's Guns N' Roses with a different lead singer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Too bad Scott Weiland had his had his demons, and he was really hard for him to you know stick around yeah. one thing or another. But great album. Have you seen that music video for Fall to Pieces? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so well done. Brian, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. What I like about it, it's like setting up the whole video for you to expect for Scott Weiland to like overdose in a bathroom, but it's like yeah. somebody else. Like it, it you know, it, it throws a little bit of a, um, you know, a curveball, and I like it. Yeah, they have like a, such a like non cheesy like sleaze about them. You know, 100%, like they just, yeah, they just look bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> however you describe that, like they listen, just, they're the type of band when you're you're. You're watching them. Your parents come in. They're like, "Turn that shit off! Like, don't yeah. watch them." And they're like, "Yes, that's what I'm going for." Yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And you know, you were talking about Scott Weiland having his demons. I think those other guys must be attracted to some sort of a toxic relationship because I think Guns and Roses, and, and I, I'm not counting the spaghetti incident. I'm not. That's that's, that's fair. Yeah. Very fair. But. Uh, <laughs> um, I think they're both like two albums because like, what was it? It's like, you had like uh you had Slither and then the next one, I know it started with an L, but I can't pronounce it for Libertad. Uh, Libertad. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then guns and roses, you know, it's like appetite and use your illusion. It's like pretty much two albums and then they're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I've seen um, guns and roses cover Slither with, with Axel thing in it. Yeah. Did you, uh, I saw them do that as well. Were you by chance at Louder Than Life? I well, I've seen it on YouTube. I was not oh, there. Okay, okay, gotcha, it. Gotcha. I wish I was there. I would have loved to have been there. But yeah, man. I, some other suggestions that just popped in my head. So while we were while we were thinking, I was if I would have known ahead of time, Brian, I would have had my list. <laughs> I, I didn't know either. I was gonna say, uh, getting back to the changing set list thing, it's kind of like you know when you you have a lot of material. Like if you go like on archive.org or nugs.net and any Grateful Dead show, and people put their you know their experiences at the show, whatever. And I was there when they played this version of China Cat Sunflower. Yeah. You know, and that that's something very interesting, you know, you, you know, you, I was at that show when they played this in this order or whatever. They played it usually here, but it was different this time. So, like I said, once again, my hat's off to you for that. No, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. For anyone who recognizes the work and like what goes into that, that's I very much appreciate it. So well, I'm, I'm trying to get my band. Here's a cover song I want my band to play because we're more like a rock Americana rock uh, rockabilly alt country band with some punk to it. I want to play "Don't Go Away Mad" by 
Motley Crue because that's got a little that's got a little bit of country rock yeah. song to it. And I, Bryson, I got to convince these guys to play it. I got to do it. Brian, what do you think? Do, are you doing? Are you are you like kind of doing like an Americana, different kind of arrangement? Yeah, we'll do it with a little bit of a different arrangement, a little yeah. bit more swing. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you know make it sound different enough. All right, guys, band. I know you're listening. Both Brian and Bryson said we got to cover it, so we're going to cover it. <laughs> no argument. <laughs> what about what about what about Prince? You're wearing this awesome purple rain shirt we were talking about before we started recording. So right before when we were like getting these together, I really wanted to do a Prince song, but obviously, like with Prince, it's you know it's obviously scary because it's Prince. You know, it's like what what can you do? What could you pull off? What could you do that's not disrespectful? And then like. I think like when we were throwing around different ideas, Dirty Honey had just come out with Yeah, let's go crazy. It's great. Yeah. So then we we just dropped it after that. We're like, well, you know, we're not going to come out and do a rock version of a Prince song right after they did. Man, but then you know what? It's bringing Prince back in, in the fold again for everybody and like the younger generation of rock fans like you guys, people who are listening to you. Yeah. You know, well, they may bring Prince back. Yeah, I think I'd probably get more surfing off people looking for Prince songs than you know, Prince would need any help. Well, even, even like a more guitar-driven song, like She's Always In My Hair or something that's not super well-known, but has yeah. a real good groove and, like, rock element to it. You never know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, there's a wealth of a wealth of Prince songs. That, there is uh, a wealth of Prince song, and that is a badass shirt. I complimented you on it before we got on. I just want everybody who's listening to know you're wearing a killer Purple Rain shirt. Say, yeah. I do have that same shirt, though. I went to, uh, speaking of Prince, I went to... Uh, I went to Paisley Park in Minneapolis. Not too wow. So my uh, my girlfriend is awesome, and so she she loves Prince. And so for her birthday, um, I just I got tickets to go see Paisley Park. So it was like for her birthday, but I think it was sort of a selfish gift to get it because you know I was equally as excited about getting to go and tour that place. So it was really cool. And then she she brought you to the replacements house. Yeah, yeah, that was cool too. Cause like, you know, she's not, uh, I mean, she's not like a hater of the replacements, but like, you know, they're a little off the beaten path for, yeah. for a lot of people. And, uh, and yeah, and it's, it was, it was super cool. Cause, uh, you know, I was like telling her, I was like, hey, if we have time, I'd like love to, like, you know, go check this stuff out. And so it's, it's like a little neighborhood in Minneapolis or Minneapolis. And then, uh, and there's like a little bar they used to hang out at, like right around the corner. And it's like, there's like nothing touristy about it, uh, you know. I mean, because it's like they weren't big enough for people to like, you know, kind of like make it all corporate, you know, as far as taking over the stuff. So yep. it's like just you're like walking the same streets. It's like the house is pretty much the same. And so yeah, it was it was really really neat to just kind of like go down that and sort of like imagine like this was the path to the bar, and you know, we stopped in, got a drink there, and. uh you know super dive place like so pretty much exactly the experience i wanted for like my replacement store replacements are cool man i know a lot not a lot, not a lot of people them. dig them but they are like pre-alternative grunge music and uh i don't even know how to describe their sound yeah it was just like an evolution you know it was like they're like this like straight punk band and then oh. it was like a little more alternative and then it was you know towards the end i don't know like Honestly, like some of the first, what I would consider alternative country stuff, you know, came from the replacements as well. 
Yeah, like uh, what Can't Hardly Wait and what are some of their bigger songs here? I'm trying yeah, to Aiken to be is the one that comes to mind for me. There you go. Uh, for for that era and that whole album, um, which that escapes me because I don't like the way the original album was recorded. So they had a re-release version called Dead Man's Pop, where they kind of took out uh like remember, you know how like big like chorus was in the 80s? Like mm-hmm. they were just they would get like scared in production and be like, well, let's throw a bunch of chorus on it. <laughs> yeah. So uh someone had done that to that album, and then years later they went back and like took the original mixes, and it's just a, just a great record. For sure, for sure. I don't know if like was Dyslexic Heart them or is that Paul Westerberg solo? Do you remember like on the single soundtrack? Oh, um, I think that is Paul. It might be solo. Paul solo. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they got some real, real cool tunes though. That's that's some surprise. Like you throw that out there. That's good to. That's kind of that's a good one. Yeah, uh, huge fan. So uh, you're talking about doing some touring, uh, just or you know around Kentucky area, Ohio. Where are you guys going? Wait a minute. You're going to, are you coming to Ohio? I don't know. I'm just, just oh, okay. <laughs> we're coming to basically Ohio. We're going, we're playing Newport, Kentucky. Yeah, Southgate house, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. When you, when you playing? Uh, June 10th, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but it's either the 9th or the 10th. I might be coming back from vacation. Damn it. If, if, listen, if I'm around, I will go there. I've seen a mini show at the Southgate house. You can't count on it. Yeah. I will put you on the list. We Bet have, you. uh, June 10th, it is. We've uh, talked about pulling out all the stops to get you on the same weekend, uh, the Festival of the Red, and then uh, uh, Lives Livestock. Yeah, yeah. Next next night, um, mm-hmm. and then you guys are playing. You guys play on Friday night, and then you guys playing the same night as Duquesne. Yes, I, I believe so. Okay. I haven't, uh, admittedly, I don't know when I'm even supposed to show up to that thing yet. <laughs> well, it's like um, two months away, so I'm sure we'll figure yeah. it out. It's like week of, I start going back through the emails and like probably taking people off because they're like, I've already sent you this. I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> A lot's happened between now. I want to show up on time, guys. Come on, work with yeah. me. I'm hoping to see Sean Whiting, too, if that works out. Oh, That's man. a hell of a weekend, man. Have you guys got, uh, have you guys talked to Sean yet? Have you got him on? I've chatted with him. Yeah, he wants to come on. Yeah. Yeah, and Sean's a good guy. Uh, We've we done his CD release in uh, in Newport. And at the time, he had a guitar player. I don't know if you guys are aware of this dude or not, but his name's David Prince. He's a Kentucky guitar player. Mm-mm. And he's amazing. Like, he might, I mean, like, Greg knows him. And I've, I've like, uh, you know, Greg, you know, sings his praises. I've seen all, like a lot of posts and stuff. Like, I mean, I've never talked to Greg about David, but like, I know he's always very, very kind about him. But he was in a, I think he's in a band called Laidback Country Picker. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think that songs, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'm very familiar with the name of the band. But, <laughs> but he, he played guitar um, for Sean at the show that I saw. I don't think he's with him all the time, but I, I was so glad that we opened to that show after watching like David do his thing. I mean, it was just, it was otherworldly. Cause you know, it's a, like, you see a lot of guitar players and you're like, Oh, that's good. You know, or like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, like when you know the song and dance, like it, it just, not to say it like takes a lot to impress you, but like, there's just like, you're seeing so much good stuff all the time that it takes something like really otherworldly to turn your head. And like David Prince is that guitar player. Like he's just at his world. I'll have to check him out then. You've definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, just like his tone, like, I mean, it's like, 
just the like cleanest like seventies guitar player that like does everything you want them to do without you expecting any of it. If that makes sense. Like they're not like cliche solos, but like he just always like goes to that point that you need. And so yeah, but yeah, what's, definitely. His, what's his go-to guitar? What's he playing? I think tonight. I think the night I saw him, he was on a Gibson Les Paul playing with Graham. Um, yeah, I believe so. Anyway, that was kind of his weapon of choice. Respect. I respect that for sure. Yeah. I mean, and dirty, dirty tone, too. I mean, just like, I don't know, just amazing. <laughs> all right, Brian, you writing all that down? Um, David Prince. David, you got a Prince shirt? It's easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's all coming together. So uh, it's all uh, coming together. How about like this little backstory, back history between uh, you guys and Bedford, who we just like became right. aware of recently. I'm gonna t- did uh, did Colby tell you about the first show we ever played with those guys? No. Okay. All right. So, uh, this is back in the day, just a little bit. So I don't want to. Yeah, you know, just disclaimer, uh, things like things aren't now like they were. <laughs> but uh, so we were uh, we were drinking a little more heavily, like during that time period. And, you know, it was just like show after show after show. And just kind of like, you know, you get in that. And, uh, you know, Bedford came on our radar, radar and we listened to him. We're just like, oh, yeah, like this is yeah, this is amazing. Like, yeah, we'll go play. So we're going to play a show in Moorhead with them. And. You know, I think we played first, which is always the indicator that, you know, you're going to stay and like you're probably going to like drink a little more than normal. But uh, so me and Andrew kind of had a night, uh, so to speak. I'll just leave it at that. And uh, so the Bedford guys are like, hey, if you guys need a place to stay, like, you know, you can crash your place. And we're like, great. You know, like nobody's in any kind of shape to drive. That would be amazing. So uh, we were hanging out with these people at the bar and we're like, well, we'll catch up with you at your house. Send us the address. So we get there and we've kind of got like a, you know, like a little like entourage of people who came from the bar that also happened to drop us off. And, uh, you know, they shared a house at the time. And so Andrew just jokingly like, like looks at me, he's like, I'm going to like pretend to kick the door in, you know, we'll make like this grand appearance. And so like, you know, he's like said, had a little bit to drink. So he rears back and actually kicks the door open. Like it flies off the hinges, wood flies everywhere. And then it just like opens to this party when it's like, there's all the Bedford dudes. And I was like, uh, I was like, Hey fellas, <laughs> sorry know? about the door. Oh, it was horrible. You know, was, and what was funny is like, it was, you know, it was a joke. Like he never meant to actually like, you right. know, break the door, but just like the way the wood split, you know, it looked like a, just like cinematic almost. <laughs> and uh, so from there, um, I think it was like, they were really, really cool about it too. Like it was a rental house and they were like, I think we'll like be able to take care of it. But it was just like, we were so apologetic. And then that night, you know, it's like, you know, you're trying to make a good impression, you know, on like a cool band, like from your area. And so me, Sean, Zach and Andrew getting this huge argument about like Ringo Starr and uh, Charlie Watts, you know, it's like, was Ringo Starr a great drummer? You know, da-da. And so it's like, it turns into this like 3 a.m. had too many drinks, like screaming match in these guys' houses. Remember <laughs> like, Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which, which by the way, everyone loves both of them, but it just yeah. 
just like weird competition and you know sides were taken and then like you just like i just remember the Bedford guys sitting on the couch looking at us like i'm like i don't know about these guys (laughs) (laughs) but uh but so that's our but it's hilarious like that we've remained friends after all that because you know we definitely you know showed our asses so to speak that particular night but once we kind of got our stuff together, got a little more settled down, um, Colby started playing with us because, you know, he's a great uh, organ player. Yeah, yeah. So Colby would just sit in with us from time to time. You know, we've That's always, what we heard, yeah. And uh, and then, like, Trevor, uh, he's probably the one I know the the best after Colby. It's just a, such a good guitar player, like, really good tone, all those things. So we've kind of geeked out from time to time and, shared a few festival bills last year. So we all kind of got to like, you know, hang out and just do that whole thing. And then we played shows with one another off and on, but, and I don't know if Colby told you guys this or not, but so they were like, kind of like Bedford became a backing band for this thing called short and company. Hmm. No, we didn't hear that either. We just okay. had them on like last week. Where'd all these stories <laughs> come on. Colby. Well, they, <laughs> They just left that and call me if you're listening to this. I'm very, very sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but so, like, you know, they just kind of like got back on the Bedford train and they sort of like, um, they got away from being like a and the company and started Bedford again, mm-hmm. which I was really, really happy because I, I like, and, and, you know, nothing against short and company, like, uh, but I always, I just really, really liked Bedford's music. You know, I always thought they were just like such good players they can all sing like they have good harmonies they got like you know good song selection good songwriting so but yeah and we've kind of just all like sort of hung around and uh i tell you another thing too like uh we've done that like leonard skinner tribute where we like played the first album mm-hmm. start to finish and colby was there for all those shows and mm-hmm. we uh you know he was obviously there doing the billy powell thing yeah and i think like you know, obviously it had nothing to do with us, but like, you know, we were like Bedford, Bedford, you know, like when's it coming? And, uh, and then like, I don't know, I think it was like probably three or four months. It's like, finally got the text like, Hey, like, you know, we're doing Bedford again. We're really coming out and swinging. And I was, was just super happy to hear that. Cause like, so those guys are great. And, uh, yeah, we're playing with them. So playing with them with a Burl June 17th, which is going to be like kind of our, big hometown show come back and I figure like so like you know we have all these places that like we can't go to like that we can't reach you know it's like uh like I'm like you know through our online store like we'll be like shipping shirts to like you know Nevada and California and like and you know realistically like you know we just can't make it out there Mm -hmm. you know it's like hard for a venue to take take a chance on us selling tickets and stuff. And it's like, you know, you have one person there who wants to see it, but you have no idea what the night would actually look like. So, right. you know, it's understandable. And, uh, but I just got to think about it. It's like, so for all these people that like don't get to enjoy the live experience, and I was like, you know, we have all these songs that, you know, we have these extra jams in and like we do all this stuff and it's like never really been documented. Like, you know, the show, like how it feels and how it does. And, so we started throwing around the idea of doing a live album and I'm like, well, like let's do it at home, you know? So, um, and Colby knew, uh, this guy named uh, fat Sam. He's I was like going to ask you about that fat Cape studios. Yeah. And I've never been there, but I've been talking back and forth with Sam. And I was, I was just telling him, I was like, Hey man, uh, I was like, I really want to do a live album. Um, 
was like, is this possible? You know, because as you know, like most bands, you know, it's like you go to do a, like a live album, you're going to do it, you know, you're going to do it through sound checks and then add the crowd in later and they'll do it through the span of a tour and like, you know, really be able to pick and choose. And it's like, you know, we don't have the money to do all that. So it's like, you know, we're going to have to do this in one night. Like, you know, it's like one night, one take mistakes and all, like it's just going to have to be what it is. And so, um, was talking to him i was like are you capable of that can we get good mixes like is this something i can announce publicly or like do we need to wait and see and so uh he was pretty confident that we could like you know get what we needed and go with it and uh so bedford and our band we're gonna record the whole night and then we'll we'll see what happens with it after that like i said you know if it ends up it ends up being a bad show <laughs> you know we'll see what happens but uh but that's gonna be really, really fun because, like I said, you know, it's Bedford, then us, and then we're both recording that night. And then, you know, the plan is to do whether it's an EP, an album, or you know, what have you. We're gonna be able to release that. And they're filming the whole thing. Our buddy Jacob with Meta Modern Media was telling you about. It. He's gonna do like a kind of little like behind the scenes like documentary of like us, wow. you know, hometown. So it's a pretty big. Uh, should be sure. a pretty big night for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Wish I could help with that. <laughs> Who, who's your buddy's name that does that? Uh, Jacob Cheney. He's Jacob with a, Cheney. Yeah, his company's uh, Meta Modern Media, and Jake's a. I mean, Jake's a super dude too. So uh, yeah. Sam is going to come on too. That's oh, nice. Yeah. Colby did give us a heads up about this live album, and I think he said he might be playing some keys with you guys during your set on that one as well, right? Yeah, yeah. If we get together and we can get like practiced and like done right, then absolutely, we'd love to have it. We normally like uh, we normally hire out uh, background singers when we can. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get like three singers. So yeah, we're in the works of seeing if we can get uh, them or not for the show. You know, there's like kind of like a list of, like six people we kind of go for, but a lot of them are, you know, obviously they're busy too. So sure, sure, that would be great though. Yeah, I mean, it just makes it sound like so much more full, like when you have like all those people there. And well, I mean, the Black Crows always use like the gospel background mm-hmm. singers. The Black Crows or the Blackberry Smoke started using the Black Bettys. Yeah, a couple albums, even including the Stones cover album that just they just released. Those. By the way, we had the Black Bettys on here. Super nice, just wonderful yeah. lady, nice. just sweethearts. Um, uh, who else am I thinking? Now I've lost, I've Charity. lost my Charity chain of it. But yeah, like music I really like and music in this kind of uh, genre, Southern rock, rock, arena rock, it's got, you know, the background vocals are so important, so incredible. It's, it's just speaking like of all those groups, like that's awesome. You guys got to talk to Charlie. Yeah. Like that, that's so cool. Like I was uh I mean, I know you guys are like, taking your own victory lap for getting it, but you know, just so you know, I was in Kentucky, like being like, "Let's go, guys!" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So, what was like the? I mean, like, did you guys do like you know, like the little like preliminary talk and like you know, kind of like before we got gone? Like, I mean, yeah, a couple yeah, of five minutes, just a normal like a, chat that we do or whatever. Yeah, just was it was it cool the whole way through? Like exactly. Yeah. Like, podcast yeah he was not different from the beginning to the end to the middle he was this exact same the best thing and i I still laugh 
And I wasn't expecting it when he did his uh, impression of Richard Young. Oh, yeah. God, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was dying. Yo, you can, yeah, you can hear. I mean, that's like not only just a good impersonation, but like those are like Richard Young word and phrases, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's how he would say that. Mm-hmm. Nah, he was like just as cool as you imagine. Anything you heard on the podcast. Um, I was wearing my junkyard shirt, and first thing he gets on, he goes, "Is that a junkyard shirt?" And I'm like, yeah. "Yes, it is." And then it was, it, we were all, we were all good. Brian and I were in, so it was <laughs> it was pretty easy after that. That's was it hard to book? Like, was it hard to get? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. I'll, I'll start it, and Brian finished it because okay. Brian ultimately land, landed him. But he reached out to me on Instagram last year and he goes, Hey, y'all want to do a podcast? I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, but I didn't say that to him. I'm like, uh, yeah, like whenever you want, whenever you want. So we kind of, it was hard for us to connect. It never really happened. So I, I honestly just quit bothering him. Cause I'm like, Hey, obviously he knows how to contact us. And yeah. then Brian, I'll turn it over to Brian for how we bagged him. Are, are you familiar with the streaming show together? It's like two, TGHR in capital letters. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Mm -hmm. Greg's been on there a bunch of times and Luther Dickinson. And I think Oddly Freed's been on there. JD Simo. JD Simo. So Charlie's been on there a bunch of times. And so the one time, you know, because you get the uh, little membership subscription thing. So you can like tune in, you're there live, whatever. And then he'll, if you want to like talk to him, like he'll bring you, put you up on the screen. And, uh, so yeah, he did that. And I think I just asked him about what he talked about the podcast too, like how they got Tyler Bryant and uh, the Georgia Thunderbolts to, uh, to open for them. But like, I just like, I just get my courage up. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if I'm supposed to ask you this or not, but like, would you come on our podcast? He goes, yeah. It was simple as that. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those, those guys are busy. Listen, like Brian yeah. and I are so honored because Blackberry Smoke is like our band and stuff, but we also realistic, like, you know, you know, these guys have other other things to do, but to have him come on and be super cool, talk to us, like he, you know, he he was as gracious as you can possibly imagine. And then at the end, when we thanked him for being on, he goes, "Thank you guys for being so good at it." He goes, "Not everybody's as good." Thank you. Something like that. That's, that's what he said. Thank you guys for being good at what you do. Not everybody is, or something. Well, I can. I, can, I mean, I can definitely share that sense of me because I've done some like some bad interviews. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna like uh, like call anybody out, but you yeah, know, sure. it's not talking to you guys because it's like actually a conversation, you know. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, like, let me well, anyways, I'll, I'll, I guess. I'll tell you our secret, Ryson. Our our secret is we don't prepare anything. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of feel like it, I kind of feel like that is a like a nice thing to do because like i said like we'll you know like we'll get on like these like radio things sometimes and like they're kind of trying to do the radio thing where they're like all right that's awesome like am i talking to a human like, <laughs> the spinny wheel sound coming so i i can't handle it and it's five minutes too it's like right. you get nothing have you seen wayne's world too a uh, long time ago okay yeah. If you remember, they go in the radio station to promote uh, Wayne Stock, and yeah. it's exactly like that. The guy's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and he's, like, moving tapes around. Uh-huh, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Wayne starts like, I'm a giant sphincter. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, cool. <laughs> That's kind of what that reminded me of. They just sort of make noises and not pay attention. But, no, I mean, yeah. listen, our, 
podcast, you know, what, what we're trying to go for, if there really is anything is we don't break <laughs> down signs, songs, we're not technical, you know, it's not like, you know, it's just like, it's a conversation. Hey, we're going to have you on. If it's a band we haven't ha- had on before, it's Brian always says, Hey, how did you get to where you are? And then it's just whatever we kind of latch onto and have a conversation about. So, you know, from you, it's really nice for you to say that. And we appreciate that to have Charlie say that because it is different. We're just like shooting the shit in a bar or over coffee or something. Yeah. So, uh, got getting back to the Burl thing, like, do you know, when, when does that, is that stuff going to see the light of day, the video and all that? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'm a very impatient, um, <laughs> I, I try and work on, you know, cause obviously people have other things to do, you know, once those things go out, it's like they have multiple projects. It's not like tunnel vision, just ours, but, uh, we're going to start working on it. Like as, as soon as it's finished, I think like, you know, we're going to like get together like that next week and kind of like see what we have and kind of like, you know, sort of do it. So, I'm kind of like I've been I've been told by the powers that be not to get anything too concrete in my mind, you know, until we like really see it all. So I would hope to have it like released within three or four months. Like that's the that's the, I would like it within that time frame because, you know, we're working on album number two as well. And, you know, it's like I just wanted like a, I wanted a nice kind of like. I was like obviously once we get to album number two, then then there's so many songs to choose from at that point. And you know, like because they're new, we'll likely lean towards playing newer songs. So I really wanted to get like this era of the band on tape and hopefully release it to vinyl. You know, that's the the goal to do a like oh the live the live album. Yeah, I think oh, that's wow. I think that's the way it should be done. But again, though, you know, it's like comes down to you know, the cost of, mm-hmm. you know, getting vinyl, the turnaround, can we, you know, make it work that quick? And so there's, you know, there's the idea and then there's what you can actually do. And, but uh, yeah, it should be coming up when that, cause like I said, I'm wanting to get back in the studio in like December, January, February. Cause we don't do like at this point, like, you know, other than like maybe going to the South or something like we've done like West Virginia during snow season and, yeah. you know, like going up North and it's just like, we don't have a bus yet. You know, we're not on that <laughs> kind of playing field. So it's like the winter months is kind of good to just do like content creation and like really, really get all the next stuff together. So I'm hoping with any luck, uh, we have some time off in July where we're going to like time off from the road. Mm-hmm. anyway uh, but we're gonna like tie up and like sort of like finish all these new songs and you know see what we like what we don't like and then kind of start road testing them a little bit on a second leg of the run you know kind of start bringing out some new songs and then hopefully be recording in uh in those winter months see what happens so we uh, asked colby and he didn't really like come out straight and say whatever but i still want to ask you the same thing like Will there be a end of night Bedford Mojo Thunder super jam at the Burrow? There should be, but it just depends on where everyone's at at that time. I've got <laughs> like I've got an idea in mind uh, for that, but it it really just depends on. It's it's kind of one of those things. It's like everyone like everyone's schedules so different. Um, and like Bedford, they can pull off anything in a day. Like you know, they're all like. 
uh, you know, college educated musicians, you know, so like, they're like, they're really, really good at that stuff. And our band's not, <laughs> you know, Mojo, Mojo's not that band. Like we need, we need some time to prepare. So it just kind of depends on where we're at at that time. Um, that's the hope though. Yeah. That we could kind of like, like do something with everybody or like at least somehow share that space and like do like a really, really cool, really, really cool, like cover or like something at the end that we haven't done before. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you. Jason's going to laugh too, but so I'm always wondering about like, you guys are like pretty much a DIY band, right? Like you guys are like doing everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that, is that just how you've wanted it? I mean, have you ever, you know, I don't know if some of this stuff's classified how a band operates. So I'm not expecting specifics, but I mean, the DIY thing, is that just always been how are you going to do it from the start to finish? Or is there any, any, do you ever had to deal with any snake oil, snake oil salesman <laughs> trying to. <laughs> I, I know why Brian's asking this question. I'm not going, I'm not going to right, get into right, it. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> so we've, sometimes we've, bands have issues, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, all right. I kind of want to hear more about that later, but um, well, we will, we will talk maybe off, off, off recording. Okay. All right. Perfect. That'll work for me. Um, so we're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, beholden to do it in like any one way. Like, um, you know, we've reached out to like, we had some meetings um, with a few different record labels that ended up not wanting to go with us. Um, I've sent out hundreds of emails to booking agents that, uh, you know, where they just weren't into it or um, we'd reached out like right after, or like kind of during COVID and like the, the whole thing was like, guys, this is not the time to, you know, no one's taking on anything new. And, uh, and then as far as I think like management companies too, like we were, we were talking with like one management company for a little bit and they ended up, uh, ended up passing on us as well. So really, I mean, the DI, well, I think comes out of necessity. Uh, honestly, you know, as much as I'd like to say that, you know, no, like we're doing this and like, you know, we refuse to get signed anymore. Like there's no one asking either, you know? So um, when that time does come to like answer your question, it's just if it makes sense or not, like, uh, you know, like we're a rock and roll band, you know, and it's like, we, you know, like we can like go alternative a little bit and stuff, but like, obviously like, you know, we're kind of like an already a package deal. Like it's sort of like take us or leave us the way we are. So um, if we could ever find someone who got it, you know, like understood it and like really, really wanted to work with us, uh, I'd, I'd definitely be fine with uh, signing over. It's just like, just the main thing is just like letting us do, cause like, you know, we like try and cultivate sort of like the, you know, like our people first mentality mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, it's like, we're like, we got to take care of those people always, you know, like there's, so like, you know, we can't like let them down or like turn our backs or do anything like that. Cause it's kind of like, like what I always tell the guys, like, you know, if you get like, you know, like, like decently successful with it, you know, it's like you're playing like clubs and, you know, you're selling like a thousand tickets or like, you know, a thousand to five or whatever, you know, that's a living. And then, you know, by accident, you might have a hit song and now you're playing, in you know arenas with like you know 15 to 20,000 people like if you don't remember that a thousand to five thousand then it's all over with because you know the the people that are there for the hit they're gonna go away eventually like they're not Mm -hmm. there to stay you know that's that's there's no longevity in that there's another hit from somebody else coming down the road 
Yeah, it's just like a it's like a weird uh, like timestamp that like some bands go through. But ultimately, like you're gonna you're gonna end up back in the clubs. So it's like like my philosophy is it's like if someone wanted to try and like attain those heights and go that far, like that's fine. But like only if we can still like please and like do our thing with this core audience because regardless how much like money or whatever's in the big thing, like longevity wise, like those are our people, you know, they're going to be there like through thick and thin. So like, that's, you know, who we have to please and like, you know, what we're really going to do. So yeah, long story short, yes, we would, we would take that, but like there would have to be like the right situation and like the right deal. And then, you know, make sure that we, retain creative control and you know didn't have to like uh you know what i mean it's like like you get on like instagram and like you have mm-hmm. like bands that like for example like for veterans day last year you know it's like every band kind of does their happy veterans day like you know support the troops and yep and i ended up putting out sort of a <clears throat> a longer post about like uh you know the like there were some soldiers that were kind of having a having health issues from like these burn pits. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. I remember that post. Yeah. And I, I thought like, rather than just doing like a generic veterans day post, like, like let's, you know, kind of stick it to the government and then kind of like, you know, maybe remind people it's like, yeah, as much as we're, you know, all going to put the sticker on our car like this day, like there's like real issues that like follow those guys when they get home and like, you know, people kind of put them on the wayside. So yeah, I, I would thought like, let's highlight that and like kind of really push some of that hypocrisy back to them. But in saying that it's like, if we get signed to a label, like I'm not going to stop saying things like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to like ever have to play it safe or, you know, do anything like that. Like I want to speak for myself always. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, it's obviously why we all get into it. I feel like if you guys got like some huge radio deal and they start giving you the spinners, they're like, yeah. yeah, what you do is great. What you do is great. <laughs> from you and i was just (laughs) you know uppity jokes in the beginning yeah so what about fm radio in kentucky i mean because i like for example i know he doesn't do it anymore but steve that was in otis is in blackstone cherry now he had like the rock revival i don't know does boone still do his show on saturday nights um and then greg has the 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 lowdown hoedown I mean, so like, do you guys like any, like whether it's you guys or the Josephines or whoever, like, do you ever get any of your songs played like on a local station at all or regional or? I don't think so. I know that like uh, WRFL, the uh, college radio in Lexington, I know uh, they used to play us a little bit, but honestly, we've never really pursued radio. Like I have, oh, right, I have, right. I have such a distaste. For- yeah, yeah. I mean, I would take it, you know. Corporate like, FM radio. They play the same 10 songs every day, all day. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, like, I, I've never uh, I've never done it. And, like, admittedly, like, uh, you know, I've, I've I never tuned in to listen to Greg uh, or Boone's show. I'd listen to a little bit of Steve's there from time to time when he would have, uh, like, people on. But, like, I'm just such a want to listen to what I want to listen to that, right. I, like, very rarely, you know, lets him, like, if I'm in the car – I'm, I'm just going to choose it myself, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I haven't listened to FM radio in years. Um, I just yeah. thought like that, the whatever one it was in Kentucky as well, they must be kind of cool because they had Steve on and Boone and Greg's on, I think that different station. He's That's on. the one's out of Bowling Green, right? 
I know like Edmonton or oh yeah 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 yeah. I know Greg does a lot of cool shows like you know like I said you know it's and I'm not in the area so you know it's like I'm not you know gonna like tune in right yeah anyway but uh like when I I see those posts and like the stuff that he's doing like where he kind of like curates at night you know like this is a a psychedelic night and then it just be like bands you've never heard of or like you're Mm -hmm. you know people that like kind of very uh like people like us you know that like kind of like dig through albums and things like people who really know it like mm-hmm. he'll play stuff like that so i would i would say yeah like their their radio shows are definitely like outside of the you know normal awfulness that has become fm radio <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty bad i want to i want to go to po- podcasts and and kind of tie in radio real fast um, you guys get actually get some cred from other podcasts too. There's a there's a podcast that I like called the Hook Hooks the Hook Rocks podcast, and Aaron from that podcast throws you guys a lot of love. And I think this last one they just did on records or bands you should know. Check out. I almost think he may listen to our podcast and find out about new shit and help promote it. If that's what he does, that's cool because that helps. But like you know. He gets on the cold stairs and he gets on a lot of these other bands, but I, I didn't know if you've been on that podcast before or anything. I, I've chatted with him very, very briefly. Cool dude. I mean, he just yeah. gave us a big shout out on our on his last podcast. So That's oh, cool. did he really? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> but he he said him from Electric Church, like he's named that on a couple of different podcasts of Thanks. records to listen to or bands you should know. And I just didn't know if you guys cool. had done anything with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm familiar with them, but I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to reach out at least. Some thank you for doing it. Yeah, no, it's great. And so, what I'm getting to is, yeah, how I mean, how do you guys get your your music? What's the best way for you guys to get your music out to people that don't know you? Out to the people. Um, yeah, like you know, people don't know you, but how do you how do you reach people that have not heard Mojo Thunder before? Yeah, Spotify and YouTube is like kind of where. Well, not just Spotify, like, you know, across those, like, we, like, so we do DistroKid. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or not. It's like a DIY distribution. It's like you Mm -hmm. give them like a, pay like a yearly subscription and they put everything out, organize it, give you the money from streaming and all that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's like where most of it's all located, you know, and as far as like reaching people, we're still kind of figuring that out. Like, you know, we're in a position now where, you know, we're starting to make more money than we ever have, which mm-hmm. is, like, is like really nice, you know, to like finally be like getting back out and, you know, making these things work. So we've got like a lot set aside for marketing and we're just trying to figure out how and when we want to do that. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the next step. But I think with the marketing right now, we're thinking about pushing everything like through our Instagram and YouTube and just kind of try and get those to the pay promotion stuff that they're always, you know, advertising, hitting you up about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. and No. Like, so like, it's like all those, like, uh, there's like a lot of like freelance marketing people. And like the, so the worry of it is it's like, you know, you can give some guy like money and then they'll throw you fake follows. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want to Instagram with, 20,000 followers like if you got the money you can have it tomorrow you know they'll surf it out there and like they have like all these bots and I mean they say this they say like you can't do it and like that it won't happen but it it definitely does like people do it all the time but so the problem with that is like sure if you want to boost your numbers you know kind of like trick people into thinking you're bigger than you are for whatever reason you might want to do that like 
but it'll start routing your posts and all your things to those bots. You know, so it's like now, like the people that were with you, you know, now it's like some like fake account and, you know, wherever that you're never at. So for me, it's like, you know, we'd like to spend the money for paid promotions and get them going, but we want to work with someone that's like, you know, we're not interested in like a, we have to reach this number, but it's just like, we want to see growth and we kind of want to work with someone that'll help us do that. You know? Yeah. Brian, how did you end up finding these guys? Was it through like Facebook or something? Cause I remember he's, he's the one who spotted you guys first. It's like, when I always try to remember like how I came across someone, like I, time goes by and I can't specifically remember, remember how, I don't know. I just, he has, Brian, has a, <laughs> Brian has a great nose for bands well, and artists. He really like, does. Well, I mean, I do different things. Like for example, like I got a, uh, found a website for that lists all the blue societies throughout the country. So I'll just, whatever, like say I click on like Lexington blue society or Cincinnati blue society. And I just go through and I look for names that, just names that sound cool names of bands that sound cool and chances are that's usually you know i mean there's a lot of not this is just an example not mean to put down you know regular chicago style blues but it's always like somebody and the you know like i'm like you know brian and the big amps or whatever it might be you know what i mean it's always a guy and the jason and the recyclers or you know or you know Bryson and the Bad Cats Blues Band. But, <laughs> so I always look for like unique names or like in like festivals too. Like I'll come across somebody to post like a festival and I'll read through all the bands and like, okay, that sounds like a badass, you know, blues rock band or whatever. And chances are it is, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and it seems like it just never ends. As soon as I'm like, God, like who are we going to, who, you know, who's next? Who are we going to have on? And then two more bands pop up out of somewhere you know i mean bedford i saw through the fat cave facebook and i think i saw fat cave through the uh the festival of the red i thought he think he was listed on there for something but so yeah it kind of goes like that something to that degree he's magic Hey, or did we already do a lightning round with Bryson? Are we going to do another one? Or let's let's do let's do let's do another one, Bryson. You want to do some fun questions? Yeah, let me stretch. He's, he's got to stretch. Get ready, because I got some I got some different ideas in my head this time than our typical slate of lightning round questions. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite one hit wonder song? Oh, one hit wonder song. Nah, put me on the spot right now, man. Yep. I just- Go with uh, your love by the outfield. <laughs> nice. I don't know if that's really it. But that's if well. you're if you're an outfield fan like me, though, they've got all the time and all the all the time in the world. Oh, I mean, all the love in the world. Like, there's a the fields of Babylon. There's like, come on. <laughs> but the outfield, yes, that's that's a good song. That's a good song. <laughs> um, all right, if you get a chance to take the stage, I know I always say living or dead thing, but right now, which one band that you want to be on a bill with that you have not been with yet? Who would it be on a bill with? Yeah. Uh, my Morning Jacket. I love to play with those guys. Keeping it keeping it in Kentucky. Yeah. That would be cool, man. Go back to their hometown of Louisville and play a show. Yeah, it would be awesome. Right? They're based out of Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Okay. Um, give us the last three bands that you've listened to or streamed. 
Hold on. All right. He's pulling out the phone. This is dangerous, too, because this is going to be real. <laughs> I don't have time to make it cool. <laughs> okay, Shooter Jennings. Nice. All right. He's, the, like, producing stuff now, isn't he? He's no longer performing. Yeah, yeah. He and produced Duff's uh, record. Yeah, Duff's, and he does. He works with Brandy Carlisle. He, yeah. I love If he works with Brandy Carlisle, he's making some money. Then I, know I love Put the O back in country and electric rodeo. Me, too. Yeah, love him. I've I've been such a huge shooter fan from the get go. Like I, I'm seeing his praises, but uh, so that um, a T Rex is the next thing on. Oh, nice! Look so, at that. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm so glad that I've done like decently well, and there's not like a bunch of like cover T Rex song in these next six. There you go. Love to. I think I I'll give you guys Sean's phone number once we get off here. All know? right, I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> and the other so the, the other one here is um it's a song called sixes to nines uh by big wild it's just like this like really really cool pop song okay it's uh i love it i don't i don't know anything else bomb but like zach uh in our band the drummer he he sent it to me i like i play it from time to time i've never heard of him but we'll check him out just so you know last week colby we asked for a guilty pleasure or something that we wouldn't expect that he like. He gave us the Lawrences, which there's some like soul pop act, like a there's like a billion people in it that he saw open up for Elton John. So it was very, it wasn't bad. I turned, I gave it to my wife and daughter to listen to. Nice. Uh, okay, give us a recommendation for a streaming movie or television show. Ooh, um, all right. I'm gonna go like a little off of this. So, um, do you guys know who? Like, you guys ever heard of, like, the Vlad Tainment or whatever it is? No. Okay, so it's this, like, thing on YouTube, and this guy, like, he interviews, like, a bunch of old mobsters. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And, like, I'm I'm obsessed with, like, you know, the New York Mafia from, like, you know, early days, like, up until the 90s, you know, kind of, like, when it, like, sort of fell off with Gotti and all all that. But anyways... um, he got so this guy Vlad. He has this like extra YouTube series where it's a uh, it's a uh, Sammy the Bull, Gravano, and uh, Michael Frenzies. Um, I think one of them was in the Colombo family. I can't remember what uh, what God he was, but anyways, but whatever whatever family uh, he was like the main boss of. But uh, those guys like get in a room and they just talk. It's like this like ten hour like uh, video podcast, and you know. It's like 40 bucks. They put it behind a paywall because, you know, they know they saw the numbers of people like me and they're like, I bet they'll get it. And they were right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably like kind of the more like off the wall thing that like I've been watching. And they have a like Rudy Giuliani is on an episode, which I, I didn't watch. And I, we won't we won't get into Rudy too much. (laughs) Listen, it's a safe space, man. We're all friends here. (laughs) Anyways, before before he was kind of nuts, like you know, (laughs) he was putting away mobsters before he came became one. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Brian and I are old enough to remember where he was actually putting mobsters away. Yes. Yeah, like I thought, like at one point he was like you know the good guy, but anyways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I, it's all that's still too new to me. So like, there's a whole Rudy episode, and I just you're like, holy shit, this guy actually was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, that's funny. I got one for streaming. 
since okay. you're wearing the cult leader shirt, uh, the vow and then seduce is about the same. You guys ever heard about the Nexium cult? Yes, my wife and I watched that. Did That's you? Yeah, cult. yeah, yeah. Keith Raniere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, it's horrible. I mean, and it starts out as a multi-marketing. Well, he had that gr- actress from that yeah. Smallville TV show involved in that too. She just went to jail. Allison Mack. And, and, and they, what they tell you is like, you know, don't don't judge us for like getting into this, you know, because it, it supposedly starts out as something that looks real good. And, like self-help, like a and, self-help and group. People are very impressionable, but it also seems like very early on where it's like there's all these red flags, like you got to wear sashes. And then, you know, when you walk into the room, like there's the posters of the two leaders and you have to call them prefect and vanguard. Yeah. Would that be some... like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. See, I don't put up with that nonsense. I can never, because I'd be like, this is, I'm out, you know. <laughs> Somebody you. tried to get me in a fraternity once in college. I'm like, guys, I just, no. Not happening. I, yeah. I don't have anything against fraternities, but I, I'm an asshole, so it wasn't for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could have been for you, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm not the right type of asshole right. for that. How's that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to think that like, I wouldn't ever, you know, be in a cult, but. I, I, you know, I'd like to think that I'd be like, no, there's no way I buy into that. But like, you know, there's always that slight fear that, you know, you end up like, you know, somewhere in the middle of the West, like wearing a robe doing this. And you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> All of a sudden, boom. What happened? So my shirt, this says cult leader. Does anybody know where this came from or no, like anything? Not a clue. Brian, it ties back to our podcast a little bit. So this was a Christmas present this year for my wife. Uh, she does know that I'm a big, a big fan of the band Candlebox. We have had Kevin Martin on the podcast, and he wears the same kind of shirt that says Cult Leader. Oh, so nice. she got me the shirt. Nice. Which I think is kind of funny to have, like, you know, the front man of a band wear a Cult Leader shirt. I think it's kind of cool. So, Yeah, that's honest for a front man, too. <laughs> I mean, it is. And some bands do have a cult-like following, like the Fishes and – my morning jackets, like these, you know, these jam bands that tour around and everybody kind of follows them around. That's that's pretty much a cult. Yeah. So you listen, you Bryson, you could be in a cult, or you may, or you may be the leader of a cult one day. That's very possible. <laughs> oh, I think I'd rather be the leader, but I don't know. I think what, I'd rather be the leader too. What was it Creed from the office said? But he's had more fun as a follower. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that guy that guy's a musician he was like in like um uh bands in the 60s like folk bands yeah yeah Yeah. the the guy that uh i think the company that manages him is out of louisville or they used to be out of louisville yeah i moved to california but they're uh but yeah (laughs) he comes through every now and again just that's just insane that's he was so good on that show too so creep so perfectly creepy so perfect all right Let's say on this subject, what character from movies or TV do you most identify with? Oh, most identify with? I don't know. Like, so, like, you know, growing up, I wanted to be, uh, like, Val Kilmer in Tombstone, Doc Holliday. Minus, minus, um, you know, the disease. Tuberculosis. Yeah, that's right, tuberculosis. Who would I, like, actually identify with? Like, probably, like some nerdy dude on a television show like no one's coming off like i fancied myself as doc holiday but i was much more steve urkel <laughs> you know <laughs> like not stefan urkel definitely not <laughs> but only in my mind 
<laughs> oh, I love it. Um, what is the greatest fictional band of all time? Oh, the Own Eaters, the Wonders. Oh, yes, that thing you do. <laughs> yeah, maybe Steel Dragon from the Steel Dragon, yeah, from Rockstar. <laughs> but that's based on a true story, though. Yeah. Tim, Tim Ripper Owens from yeah, Judas Ohio. Yeah. yeah. He's from like Akron, Ohio. I follow him on Twitter. He's funny. Um, all right. I'll take all those. I love that thing you do. Great movie, great soundtrack. Um, the dudes from Fountains of Wayne or helped write some of that music, and I'm a big Fountains of Wayne fan. That's so, right. I love it. I showed that to my daughter, who's now she's getting ready to turn 17 about a year ago and she like that was one of the best movies i'd ever shown her from my younger days you know because and that maybe i'm like how old is that movie oh holy shit it's like 2000 it's from like 2000 or 2001 i'm like holy, <laughs> it's that old i swear it just came out uh, uh, anyway that's a, that's a really good choice all right what is your favorite movie soundtrack oh movie soundtrack mm-hmm The Lord of the Rings soundtracks are great. I'm a huge fan of the, like the Rocky score. Like mm-hmm. I know, like that that music got a lot of. I think like it was right. Actually, like the orchestral score, not like the the pop, like the rock tracks or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, the, like I mean, probably anything like Martin and Scorsese's, however you say it. Like if it was like a soundtrack, soundtrack like Goodfellas has an amazing soundtrack. You know, it's just like Layla and like all those old soul songs and stuff, but. But like uh, one that I listen to like more often than not is I love uh, the score of the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, like I just I think that percussion stuff is like so cool. Like those little clicks, you know, when people like might be walking or something, and to not see it, to not have the visual and just listen to it, it's like I don't know, it's really fun. I was in a record store in Nashville a little bit over a month ago, and they had the soundtrack on vinyl. That's cool. That's I thought cool. about it. I picked it up, and I'm like. That would be really cool. They also had um, zomb- the, oh, it's a horror movie, Italian horror movie called Zombie. That soundtrack with like a like Goblin and uh, Motley Crue and stuff. Um, I was like, I was looking at them. I didn't buy either one of them, and I regret it right now because the good and bad and the ugly isn't that where Ecstasy of Gold that Metallica yeah. comes on stage with is from? So, like, does those guys? Do you think does Lars like own? the intro to that song or i wonder how that works i just pay for the rights to be able to use what however long that clip is yeah they've got the money for either. they've got the money <laughs> yeah right. yeah they sued all the people from napster forever. i mean yeah. they were using it on the injustice for all tour which was a lot of show i ever saw i think they have a cover of it too i think like kirk like redone the guitar solo huh. no kidding yeah i really want to do that with the philadelphia morning off the rocky soundtrack can't really it's a it's been a hard sell for the guys like everybody loves rocky but they're like i just don't know that, that they want to play eye of the tiger or streets of fire or what all like burning desire all the other you know the songs that you recognize yeah. and, and you like how i just threw all those out there too right right away yeah i'm yeah. an 80s i'm an 80s kid man we're a good company yeah. I'm, I'm an 80s kid all right best place in lexington to go get ice cream best place in lexington to go get ice cream yep <clears throat> And UDF is acceptable because I'm from Cincinnati. I love UDF. I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to not say Cold Stone. <laughs> well, if that if that's the answer, that's the answer. You can say Cold Stone. It doesn't doesn't have to not be a chain. 
I want to know from you, where do you go to get ice cream? I honestly don't go get ice cream that much, but on the nights that's like a, you have a girlfriend, I'm sure she wants ice cream. Cause that's one thing I do know about. Yeah. Women. yeah. They like ice cream. Yeah, from time so, to time. So, so where do you take her to get ice cream? I think we normally go to Coldstone. I feel like that's like that or like, we'll go. Yeah. I don't think there's any place that we've ever went local that does ice cream. We're okay. like a local coffee shop fiends, but, but not, not for ice cream. I think Coldstone's a little pricey. Yeah, that's why we only go every now and again. You know? <laughs> UDF is good and it's inexpensive. Yeah. All right. See? And it's from the, it's from Cincinnati, man. I got to support my Cincinnati places. All right. Last question. We got to make it a doozy. We hit, heard a good road story already, like, because you guys kicked in the door where Bedford was partying. Not me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not you, right? We got to make sure. It wasn't Bryson. He's yeah. not the one who did the property damage. Yeah, I just laughed. He just laughed. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of a good one running through my head. Okay. Shittiest guitar you've ever played? Oh, um. Okay, let's think here. That or you can say that or a brand of guitar that you'll never buy. That, like whatever, like the you know the off-brand Abenezes, like whatever those are. The SR. I don't. I don't even know like what they are, but like the like the eighties. I would never play a BC Rich. I don't think I probably wouldn't go with a BC Rich. Um, but. Yeah, those like the the ones that are like the less like tone heavy guitars, like the ones like Joe Satriani or those guys will play, like where they just kind of like pedal tone it. I think Satriani uh, plays like an Ibanez gym model, like that's his model. The gym it has like the handle kind of built in the body and stuff, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Like that's like something you put like really tiny strings on, and you you know play as many notes as you can in the smallest amount of time possible. So like. If I anytime I like have one of those, like with the whammy bar thing, like whatever that is, the Floyd Rose. You don't like, listen to a lot of uh Vinnie Vincent invasion, then do you? No. <laughs> that I just, guy. I, I've always like found that like ridiculous, you know, because I like when people bend the notes, you know. Yeah. Well, the thing with Vinnie Vincent is he's he's a good guitar player, but he tries to force as many notes as he can as fast as he can. There's no melody to it it's just a bunch of fucking noise and it's like i just listen to it and laugh at it right i get enjoy it's like watching a bad movie right you watch it you kind of just chuckle i sometimes i just put his vinnie vincent invasion album on and just kind of do a little laughing when i hear a solo come up i just i I think those guys are working too hard man (laughs) (laughs) it's just you don't need all that you know (laughs) you know yes you don't need all that you don't need all that and uh have you had a shitty guitar like that yeah, yeah. Actually, like, funny enough, like, uh, um, this is going to be entirely hypocritical, but, uh, like, you know, I went through that phase where I wanted to be, like, that really, really, like, fast player and, like, wanted to do yeah, that. Stuff. sure. So, like, you wanted yeah. to shred, man. Yeah, like, like, you know, people I still like, like, I was, like, you know, pretty big into Dimebag Daryl and, like, you know, all those, like, I went through my heavy phase. It was very short-lived, but uh, I guess impactful because it made me want to play fast. But I had a guitar with the Floyd Rose on it. And it was like, I can't play blues on this guitar. I can't play rock and roll on this guitar. Like it was, the tuning it was awful. I think yep. that's why I dislike them so much. Cause I just remember. Stringing like, it is awful. 
Yeah, it was terrible. And I was like, <laughs> I was probably 16 or 17 at the time and just had no clue and didn't, didn't have the patience to set it up. But like, I just remember like playing on that whammy bar and being like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. Now that I have it, I don't want it anymore. I don't like this. <laughs> that, that's a good choice. That is an excellent choice. And Brian, I think that's it for me and my, my questions. I came up with all these lightning rounds on the fly. I want to have a quick discussion about another band when you guys were talking about three placements that gets met like underground like that, that gets mentioned a lot specifically from Chris and Rich and Steve. Velvet uh, Underground? N- no, uh, Big Star. Oh, Big Star. Yeah. Right. Andrew, Andrew is a Big Star fan. Andrew loves them. If he was Brian, in, we could talk forever about it. I don't there's know. a good documentary about Big Star, and yeah, I think it's stream you can stream it for free on like Tubi or Pluto, one of these free TV services. You can like I would check that documentary out. That, that's their song on that the theme for that 70s show, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. is it that their their original version? Yep. I, 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 think, I always when that show came out, I always thought it was cheap trick. I don't know why. I think I it is. Cheap Trick covered it. They're, okay. they're playing it for the soundtrack. Go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right on. But, but that is a big star song, I do believe. It's just Cheap Trick performing it. Okay. That's all. Okay. <laughs> there, there we go. We've said it all. So, Bryson, you have a live album recording coming up on January 17th at the Burl in Lexington. Um, you're playing the Festival of the Red on the, the week before that, right? The 10th, Brian? No. Uh, it's 20, no, it's later. 24th and 25th of June, right? Well, Livestock's the 25th, and then the night before is... Southgate House. Is the Festival of the Red is all weekend, but you guys are playing the Friday night? Yeah, we're playing the 24th. Yeah. Okay. I just looked uh, it up. <laughs> you've, got your, <laughs> that's good. you've got your six YouTube songs getting ready to come out, six yep. more in the can, so subscribe, check out your page. Uh, for Mojo Thunder, and you're going to be working on your second album. Mm-hmm. What, what did I miss? What did I miss? What, what, what else do we have to promote here? Oh, let's see. Oh, our online store, mojothunder.com. That's, uh, we're getting ready. We've got all the old stuff on there right mm-hmm. now, like uh, the new T-shirts. I got to tell you, guys, we bought Foam Fingers. That is part of our <laughs> merch now. It is a <laughs> rock and roll hand that says Mojo Thunder. Um, it's I've never been more proud of a merch item in my life, but those will eventually be on the online store as well. So I will buy one. I've got some space on my wall around my other rock and roll shit that will we'll, I'll put up here. They're hilarious. They're huge. Like it's just a. I got a like, merch question. How like it, did you guys have any static or issue with the the Marlboro looking logo? No, I mean nope. that's that's okay. the one thing about not being that big is nobody comes at. I was gonna say it's okay as long until somebody finds out, right? I mean, I'm sure Philip Morris would have something to say or whoever it is if they ever got it. I hope not. They make enough money; they don't need to bother bother you guys. Exactly. I've given them enough money in my life anyway. They owe me. <laughs> they owe you. Yeah. Uh, website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What do we got? Where do we want people to go? All at Mojo Thunder Official for any of those. Like I said, uh, www.mojothunder.com. That's for all your merchandise needs. Um, If you go on YouTube, it is Mojo Thunder Official, I believe, as well. If you type that in, just put us in the search bar, make it all one one word, and you'll find everything on there. Uh, Got a lot of cool stuff on there. And past that, I think that's all the online stuff that 
I would need to plug other than the one I'm forgetting right now that when we get off, you know, of course. <laughs> well, you got a lot of stuff going on. It's good to see, you know, Brian and I are big fans of you and the band. Right back at you. Wish you guys all the luck, man. Like, you guys are killing it. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that big time. And, you know, like I said, uh, all the same back to you guys. Love it. Appreciate you all taking bands like ours and Bedford and just a whole host of other names and uh, giving – there's too much good music out there not getting the spotlight, and that's what we do. Yeah, well, y'all are the dudes for it. It's a does not go unnoticed. Well, we appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much, man. Bryce and Willoughby are good buddy from Mojo Thunder, and in my head, I got it as Blackberry Smoke, Whiskey uh, 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 Myers, Mojo Thunder, then Georgia Thunderbolts. My top four. Wow, nice good company there. So, yeah. So, thanks, dude, for coming on. You're regular. Uh, we love having you on. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you all. So, <laughs> we got a good tour story without even having to ask. We did. It worked out its way, and it was with our, our buddies from Bedford. <laughs> Let's pretend. I'm going to pretend like I'm going to kick this door in. I didn't mean to do it on purpose. Or right How did real. Colby not tell us that story? <laughs> Next time, we'll, like, like, we I couldn't think on. of one. <laughs> Next time we have them on, they're like, well, we're going to like show up at your house one time and we'll just kick the door in. Kick the door like, in. Oh, <laughs> just realize, hey, they must have told you the story. Exactly. No, that, that was a really good story. It's nice to see those guys are getting on that bill. Uh, the June 17th at the Borough in Lexington, and they're both recording live albums. And if you listened to the podcast last week, Colby spoke about it. Now you just heard the same thing from Bryson. So if you're in the area... How could you miss that show? Oh my God. That would be, it's going to be not, it, it would, it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. And you know, they'll figure out a way to get together at the end of the night and jam on a song together. They It'll happen. To, you know, it'll happen. And there's going to be video. There's going to be a documentary of this. A documentary, maybe a vinyl album, like all sorts of stuff. So I wish, you know, that's a, uh, oof. I'm going to try. I don't know if I can make it. It's right around a couple trips for me, but we'll see. I would love to be there. I wish I was working on that documentary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk to the dude that's doing it, man. Wow. That's Seriously. Pretty, uh, awesome dude. And the, the cool thing, these, these uh, cover songs, there's 12 cover songs that they're doing. I'm posting on YouTube. I'm really excited about, about that, Brian. We got to throw a couple ideas at him and you had, yeah. a, you had some good, you had some yeah. good ones. Brown-Eyed Women by the Grateful Dead. I think they could knock it out. We're expecting you know, to cover that, Bryson. Come on. <laughs> and your love by the outfield. Right. There you go. The See? Grateful Dead and outfield, like who? They got to cu- throw a curveball, right? Yeah. You're doing 12. You, could do, you can do something that doesn't really, like, you don't think naturally fits. Or Slither by Velvet Revolver. That works. That works. I mean, Bryson can play that riff. Just a drop D tuning. Just take that top E string, make it a D, and get after it. Mm-hmm. I'll teach him the riff if he needs to know it. Although he's a better guitar player than I am, he doesn't need <laughs> me to teach shit to him. <laughs> you could teach him a different arrangement of uh, "Don't Go Away Mad" by Motley Crue. I can, right? The one that my band <laughs> needs to freaking play. Maybe, maybe we can get it together for this May show. Maybe we play acoustic in August at Porch Fest. I don't know, Brian. It's anything's possible. You guys. Covering Motley Crue in the Americana. Uh, so we we played. Don't go away mad. We played Home Sweet Home. We used to play that, and it's funny. We would start out 
note for note, everything the same. Uh, our, our keyboard player would play the piano. We would do it. And then after getting through the first verse, we would play like kick into a rockabilly kind of arrangement or swing to it and play the rest of the play the rest of the song. And fun fact, our first CD release party, we played that to close the show. And we were on a Dayton, Ohio local cable thing that was showing our uh, album release. And they didn't play that song because of copyright stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. People know way too much about my my stupid little band. So, you know, <laughs> we love Mojo Thunder. I can't, I'm so excited to hear they're recording another album. We're trying to record another album. What do you yeah, think? I'm excited to hear that and anything that they have to do. So while that uh, arrives at some unknown point, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Jojo was a man who thought he was a loner, but he knew it could.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 